Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I am your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair and it's good to be with you again on another episode of Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. So last week I did things a little bit differently, released a podcast only episode uh, and then did a uh, rerun on local radio because of a pregame show kind of conflicted with things. So if you didn't catch that, if you're a regular radio listener and you want to hear last week's fresh show, you do need to go to the podcast to listen to that. It's episode 88. It was released on December 12th, and uh, it's a shorter one, only about 40 minutes, but I talk a lot about the research, what we do know about the COVID vaccine uh, so far, both from Moderna and Pfizer. And then this week, during my rant, I'll talk about some new things that we know about the vaccine that I didn't know last week. So if you want to go in, in more depth, you can jump back to episode 88. That was the December 12th episode of Vitality Radio. Vitality Radio and the podcast always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, my family business serving you for over 43 years now. We do it uh, from near and far. If you're within the sound of my voice, you are within reach of our help at Vitality. You just give us a call, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Now, this week on the show, I'm going to do something that I said I was going to do every year, and then I forgot about it at the end of the previous years. And thankfully, my wonderful producer of the podcast and uh, this radio show, her name is Elizabeth, and she is awesome. She reminded me of my episode in 2017 where I went back and said what I'd learned, things I'd learned this year. There's always new and exciting health and nutrition news coming out every year. There's new stuff that we learn, things that we can kind of put in our nutrition arsenal to make us healthier and more prepared for things like COVID or whatever else. And this year is no different. And so this year, this episode, I'm going to talk about things I've learned in 2020. Now, 2020 has been a lot different in a lot of ways, but uh, still learned some new things about health and nutrition, a bunch of good stuff. And I'll share a few things that we've learned regarding COVID, but to also just general health and wellness news. That'll be the second half of the show. The first half, of course, I will have to rant because there is stuff to rant about this week. Too much stuff. I had a hard time deciding. There was a lot of stuff. And so uh, you may be uh, getting some uh, bonus rants coming soon. But today I'm excited. We are, uh, let's see, release day is December 19th. That's uh, exactly a a week, or sorry, not exactly a week. Holy smokes. It's less than a week before Christmas. And um, yeah, tis the season, right? Lots of stuff going on. Christmas looks a little different to some people this year going to look the same to me. I'm excited about how we're doing things and we'll do it pretty much like we've always done. But I love this time of year. It's beautiful and it reminds us of a lot of things. Uh, One thing, of course, is uh, the spiritual reminders that come with Christmas time. 
And depending on your religion or lack thereof, uh, those can mean different things. But one of the things that I love about Christmas is it also reminds us to share and to give and to uh, receive with humility and appreciation and gratitude. It's just a beautiful time of the year, and I love it. So this year at Vitality, I did something a little bit differently because one of my favorite things growing up was the stocking. I loved the stocking. My mom would fill these stockings with things because uh, we actually did things a little bit differently than a lot of families. (laughs) Uh, But uh, in fact, uh, we didn't do much with stockings, didn't have a chimney. And we didn't do much with stockings when I was little. But when I got older, like 9, 10, 11 years old, my mom was like, you know what? We're going to start doing some stocking tradition in our house. And uh, we started doing that. And she was great about trying to find more natural candies and things like that, although she gave us junk food too. Uh, she wasn't. She was not far from a Grinch, anyway. But I wanted to give you an opportunity for some stocking stuffers that are really, really tasty and yet pretty healthy, and or at least not. They don't have a bunch of chemicals and crap in them. And so we brought in a bunch of new stuff just for Christmas to Vitality. And some of it's uh, edible, certainly. We have peanut brittles and toffees. Uh, we have gummies. We have all kinds of different tasty things. Some really good jerky that we found that's really clean. And then we also have all kinds of fun things that are not edible, like bath bombs and jewelry made from natural stones with uh, sayings and uh, affirmations on them, things like that. Really, really cool stuff that you can fit in a stocking or wrap in a box and give for Christmas. And right now, until Christmas, we are doing those at 20% off if you buy eight items or more in the stocking stuffers. Most of these things are only a few bucks each. I think you'll really, really like them. So come into Vitality and check out our stocking stuffers if you're looking for some natural alternatives, some of the junk that sometimes ends up in those stockings this year. Okay, it is time now for me to get a couple things off my chest. It is time for the Vital Rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. COVID vaccines, safe and effective. That is what we are kind of being told, but then we're also being told that it's been authorized for emergency use. And we're also being told that with an emergency use authorization, that means that it is still considered an experimental vaccine. As such, some of the first vaccines that hit hit in the UK and two UK healthcare workers had severe allergic reactions to the COVID-19 vaccine just last week, both going into anaphylactic shock. Then two workers in Alaska, just a few days later, had allergic reactions. Uh, One was hospitalized for at least two nights. And then this happened. When you woke up this morning, did you know you were going to be receiving the vaccine? I did, yes. So, you know, all of my staff, um, we are excited to get the vaccine. You know, um, 
we are in the COVID unit, so therefore, you know, my team will be getting first chances to get the vaccine. And I know that um, it's really, I'm sorry, I'm feeling really dizzy. Now you'll notice right here, she starts to sort of fade. Oh, this is a nurse I'm who sorry. just received it less than 10 minutes ago. She's putting her hand to her head, looking very pale. And then she steps away from the microphone and she has to be caught by the two guys that are there with her. And they lay her down as she completely passes out. And as far as what was caught on film, they don't show her coming back too. But after the fact, they say that she did come back too. She is okay. And uh, she even stated that she's still glad she got the vaccine. Now, I don't know what happened to her. I'm really, really happy that she seems to be okay. But my point is we don't know what we don't know. And in very limited distribution so far, we have seen a lot of evidence that there could be some real problems with this vaccine. Now, the CDC and the FDA were warned by letters from the Children's Health Defense Fund that something called PEG, also known as polyethylene glycol, which is in both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, could cause significant allergic reactions in many people. Those letters were seemingly ignored. Here's the problem with just this one aspect of the COVID vaccine, PEG. PEG is a plastic made from petroleum. It is a foreign substance to the human body, and yet it is used in medicines, vaccines, food products, and many other things. It has been shown that it does have toxic nature to the human body and that it can build up, the human body can even build up antibodies to it because it is a foreign substance and the body wants to fight it off. With that being said, much like almost any, well, really anything I can think of that you can have an allergic reaction to, some are going to have more severe reactions than others, and some may have no reaction at all. The problem is trying to figure out who does and who doesn't, who will and who won't. And in the case of this vaccine, we have no idea because anyone with a history of any kind of allergy to PEG or any type of vaccine was excluded from the trials. So we don't know how this will affect those people who have those sensitivities. It has been proposed by more than one expert that we ought to be screening people for PEG antibodies. That's something that can be looked at in the blood. Well, if we can look at that in the blood, then we ought to be able to determine at least that maybe those people would be at a higher risk for this vaccine with an allergic or anaphylactic shock type of a response. And the reason is, as you probably are aware, the first time somebody reacts to something, it's usually quite mild. The next time they're exposed, it gets stronger. The next time they're exposed, it gets stronger than that. And in most cases, people that have uh, anaphylactic shocks, the type of people that walk around with EpiPens because of maybe an allergy to shellfish or peanuts or something like that, those people can get to the point where it can literally kill them. And in many cases, just the second or third time that they're exposed, once they build up that allergic response, it can throw them into full anaphylaxis and they can die. 
stop breathing, and so on and so forth. In fact, the FDA has specifically made a recommendation that this vaccine should only be administered in a setting complete with epinephrine, oxygen, and resuscitation equipment. Now, if that doesn't put up a red flag for you, I'm not sure what will. Now, am I saying everybody's going to have an anaphylactic shock? No, we just don't know who will, and we don't know who won't, and we don't know how severe that might be. And in the trials, they specifically excluded people who had a tendency towards that problem. So in the people who would be considered more, quote unquote, high risk to a allergic reaction, that is being ignored. We're saying, hey, let's give them to frontline workers, healthcare workers. Let's give them to the uh, elderly, the at risk. And we are looking at that as a preventative measure. But what we don't know about this vaccine is far greater than what we do know. It is why it is considered still an experimental medicine. And that's not my terminology, that's actually their terminology. They know that it's experimental and it will be the greatest experiment ever carried out medically on humankind if it's rolled out the way that they're suggesting that it be rolled out. Dr. Fauci uh, stated that we 75% of us in America will need it in order to gain herd immunity. I'll talk about that in just a moment because uh, <laughs> he is being met with some other experts by some other experts saying, uh-uh, I'll fight you on that. There's a guy named Dr. Shukrat Bhakti. Shukrat Bhakti uh, has his postdoctoral research. Uh, she, he did it at Max Planck Institute of Immunobiology and Epigenetics in Freiburg, Freiburg, I think it is actually, in 1972 all the way through 1976. And then at the Protein Laboratory in Copenhagen from 76 to 77, he joined the Institute of Medical Microbiology at uh, Giessen University in 1977 and was appointed associate professor in 1982. He was named chair of medical microbiology at the University of Mainz in 1990, where he remained until his retirement in 2012. Dr. Bhakti has published over 300 articles in the fields of immunology, bacteriology, virology, and parasitology, for which he has received numerous awards and the Order of Merit from Rhineland Palatinate. Is it fair to say with that background that he may be considered an expert? I would say so. So let's listen to what he said on the Laura Ingram show. I think it's called the Ingram Angle on Fox News. This is just going to be about a minute, but it's pretty powerful stuff. She asks him what his concerns are, his greatest concerns are with how things have gone with COVID-19. And this is what he says. For all these policies, lockdowns, social distancing, uh, which in your view has been the most injurious to the public and not suited to the science? The looming vaccination. Tonight, Anthony Fauci uh, on this network actually said that 75% of Americans are going to have to get vaccinated to reach what they call herd immunity. Do you, do you buy that? What utter nonsense. Someone who says this has not the slightest inkling of the basics of immunology. And this is very, very surprising for someone of Dr. Fauci's standing. And I would dare to defy him anywhere in the world at any time. 
But I cannot do this in two minutes. Well, so you believe that the COVID vaccine is not necessary? I think it's downright dangerous. And I warn you, if you go along these lines, you are going to go to your doom. So as I was saying, the science is far from settled on anything having to do with COVID. But the one thing that we know is that we don't know much of anything about the COVID vaccines, not in terms of safety or efficacy. In fact, last week on the episode I mentioned earlier that was a podcast only, so it's episode 88 that was released on December 12th, I highly encourage you to go listen to that if you haven't, especially if you're weighing out whether or not you want to receive this vaccine. Because I go into it and explain what the numbers really mean when they say 90% effective. Keep in mind that according to the CDC, the coronavirus, COVID-19, is has a 99.74% survival rate. So 0.26% are at risk of actual death. And that those people that do die from it uh, have an average of 2.6 other significant illnesses uh, that are comorbidities. And I talk through all those numbers to help you understand what the risks really are. And then they say, well, this is a 90% effective vaccine for an illness that is 99.74%. That number of people recover from it. So it the numbers don't add up just right off the top, but When we start to look at what we actually know and what the numbers actually mean, which I did a deep dive on last week, boy, it really doesn't add up very well at all. So this vaccine is experimental. We have over half of the country now saying that they don't want to take it. I've talked to people who say, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens with some other people before I take it. Some interesting stuff going on. And yet we're told that this is kind of the, you know, the big miracle we've been waiting for to end this pandemic. Uh, I'm not so sure. Okay, rant over. I'm going to cut to a very quick break. It was a short rant, but don't worry. In terms of things I learned in 2020, there's another rant coming. I'll be back. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blog or online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is, that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-200-2000. 
801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. All right, welcome back to Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio Podcast. I'm Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again. Merry Christmas. I am so excited. I love this time of year. I hope you do. I know some people really struggle during the holidays. I hope that when you feel the stress of the holiday season, if it affects you that way, that uh, one of the things that I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes will help you out. That's my goal today is to help you have a more peaceful, calm, and relaxing Christmas season. Before I get into that, Vitality Radio, always brought to you by Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, my family health food store. We've been doing it since 1977. Happy to keep doing it. Absolutely love that we are still around, alive and kicking and thriving uh, with all of the craziness that has entered our world over the last 12 months or, well, eight or nine months mostly, I guess. And uh, it's in large part due to wonderful people like you who want to take charge of their own health and do so by taking care of themselves preventatively so as not to get the stuff that uh, requires medicine and vaccines and surgeries and all that sort of thing. And to help you with that a little bit more, we're having a stocking stuffer sale, all natural stocking stuffers, amazing stuff. You buy four or more, you get 10% off. You buy eight or more, you get 20% off of these stocking stuffers. And there's some awesome, awesome, tasty treats. I promise Uh, they will be in my house this Christmas season. So come check it out. If you have questions about anything you hear on the show, you can always call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, so I promised I'd tell you some things I have learned in 2020. And some of them have to do with things that uh, I can sell you, supplements and things like that at Vitality. Uh, Other things have to do with just lifestyle things that I, in some cases, like the number one thing that I'm going to get into here in just a second, I already knew, but I hadn't applied too much in my own life. And as I have started to apply it, I have found some really, really, really cool stuff. So breathing matters. Now, I'm pretty sure you already knew that. But you may also know where I'm going with that. We need to learn to breathe in different ways than how we breathe now. We tend to be rushed. I have to do it, do this this whole show, so I don't give you a whole bunch of dead air. I have to kind of jump from topic to topic, take quick breaths. And I think that's how life is. But when life gets that way, we sometimes forget to ever breathe slowly and deeply and bring it all in. And there's a couple of things I've learned. One thing that I learned years ago, and I've used it from time to time, and I've certainly shared it with people. I've talked about it here on Vitality Radio. I've shared it with people who are dealing with anxiety and stress and things like that. It's called the 478 technique. And I've certainly done it on many occasions myself, but I haven't ever made it a regular part of my you know daily stuff until very recently. And I do it now uh, in conjunction with a cold shower, which you may you may think is crazy unless you've done it and you've learned how to do it and how awesome it can be. But now what I'm doing is I'm doing a cold shower. So I do my hot shower, wash myself and all that good stuff. And then I flip it to cold, 
and let it hit me right in the chest. And in the middle of the winter, that's cold water, right? Uh, and then I flip around and let it hit me in the back and I will breathe. I'll take four uh, seconds to breathe in and then I'll hold it for seven seconds and then I'll breathe out making a sound like for eight seconds. It's harder to do than you think, actually. The four second breathe in is very unnatural, although that part is actually, I think, the easiest. The hold for seven seconds is a little bit of a challenge, but the breathe out for eight seconds, actually, for me, especially when making a, no a noise through my mouth, is a little strange. But I'm getting used to it, and I'm doing better at it, and it's hard to do when you've got cold water hitting you in the back, but that's what I've been doing, and it's really, really interesting. I feel when I get out of the shower, I am more ready, more centered, more grounded for the day, and in a strange way, more excited for the day. And I generally wake up, well, okay, I'd be lying if I say I wake up excited. I'm learning. I'm learning to try and wake up excited. I've been working with my buddy Lamont Wilcox on that one. But when I get up, I'm generally very excited about the day and the stuff that lays ahead. I love what I do for a living and I love the people in my life. And so I, I have a lot of excitement. But uh, this breathing thing seems to have given me more focus, more calm, more peace, more ready to go kind of feelings. And I know why, because what I've learned this year is that the neurotransmitter thing, you can create a lot of that for yourself. You can create dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin and epinephrine and these different things by the the way that we learn how our brain operates. And I'm so grateful above anything else that I've learned in 2020 to have uh, gotten to have an association with a guy named Lamont Wilcox and a protocol that he developed called NAAP. I'm in the final stages of uh, being fully certified as an NAAP facilitator. I am technically facilitating a for a couple of people right now as part of my, I guess you could call it kind of an internship or whatever, but it's exciting. In the next few weeks, I hope to be fully certified. And then I want to roll out that option for you at Vitality Nutrition and possibly even uh, at your place of work. There's a lot of things that we can do with this. And the reason NAAP, why it's my number one thing I'm the most grateful for this year in terms of my education is that I have finally learned a whole lot about how my mind actually works, what produces the neurotransmitters that give me my rewards, what my human needs really are at a deeper level, and why my goals have shifted this year quite a bit and changed and kind of morphed based on finding the meaning behind those goals in a way that I never had yet before done. But I'm also grateful to see how this has impacted people who I love and care about. It has been really, really amazing. And one of the things that I've learned is that we have, and, and a lot of this is stuff I kind of already knew, a lot of it, but I didn't put a lot of it into practice and I didn't feel like I had a system that I could follow that made it easy to put into practice. That's probably the best way to do it. So I just lived my life and kept moving. But now... I'm learning to slow down a little bit and do that breathing. One thing that Lamont taught me that I thought was interesting in this last course that he taught uh, that I attended is baby breathing. 
and maybe not quite what you think, but actually baby crying breathing. There is literally something that happens with that noise that I shared with you when you breathe out, uh, that when there's sound coming out as your air is coming out, uh, it changes things. It literally stimulates the nervous system and helps to bring calm and helps to bring peace and helps to calm the mind. Something called GABA. I've talked about GABA a lot on Vitality Radio but I've never talked about how to make your own and I didn't know I could. So it's pretty cool. So let's talk about this baby thing. And before you laugh at me, know that you'll sound just as silly as I do doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I actually taught this to my daughter, my 11-year-old yesterday, and I'll tell you the story in a second. But how do you do or how do kids do generally? Babies, children, when they get hurt or they're sad, they cry, they do... Do you hear those quick breaths in? They And then that sound that comes out. That sound actually creates it, there's a stimulus that happens with the vocal cords that creates GABA. GABA is an inhibitory neurotransmitter that calms your mind and brings you a better ability to see things for as they are. Instead of just that hyper focus that we achieve when we're in that sympathetic fight or flight mode when we're under stress. So my daughter is 11 and she's amazing. I can't even imagine another kid like her or another kid any more enthusiastic or excited about life than what my Nora is. She is absolutely beautiful. But that being said, (laughs) I shouldn't say but. Let me take the butt out of there because she is absolutely beautiful. She is excited about life and I'm learning how I use my words matters. So I'm going to take the butt out of there, ignore the butt. One thing that Nora does struggle with right now as an 11 year old, kind of those tween years, is she kind of always wants what she wants. And when she doesn't get what she wants, sometimes she doesn't take it very well. So yesterday I picked her and my little guy up to go on a, a uh, a little date. And we already had plans to go Christmas shopping and to get some dinner and to go to our favorite little nickel arcade, Nickel City, out in in Orem, Utah. And we decided that, uh, or we hadn't decided where we were going to eat. And she decided that she wanted a buffet. She loves buffets. You know, the buffet thing during COVID has been really strange and still is very strange. And I didn't feel like we had time. Or I and I just didn't have the desire. Plus, my little guy, my little eight-year-old, wasn't feeling like he wanted to eat a significant amount. He wasn't super hungry, so I thought it's bad time for a buffet. And she didn't like that, not at all. She begged and begged and begged. I know if you're a parent, you understand what I'm saying. And I and, and then she just got really mopey. And I said, "Honey, let me teach you this." And I talked to her about this breathing thing. But what I really talked to her about. And this is what I want to share with you because it, it's it's created a shift in me on a smaller level, but I've seen it make major shifts in people who tend to have a hard time focusing on the positive side of life, which usually isn't a big challenge for me. And what I've learned is that basically when you focus on all the crap that's going on in your life, you're going to get all kinds of crap going on in your life. That is where your focus is. It is what you will recognize. 
and it is what you will uh, tend to experience. And more than anything else, it takes your focus off of where you really want to be. So I talked to her and I said, Nora, honey, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on not being able to go to a buffet when you should be focusing on how excited it, excited you should be or could be, I should say, um, about the awesome stuff that you still get. You still get to go out to eat with dad and with your brother. You still get to go to the arcade. You still get those things, and yet you're going to, going to enjoy those things less or maybe not at all because why? Because you're focused on what you can't have and don't get instead of what you can have and do get. And boy, do we do that still as adults, focusing on what we can't have instead of what we can have. And it's a big problem. And when you change your focus, and when you do those breathing techniques that I just shared with you, you literally take yourself out of fight or flight mode and put yourself into rest and digest mode. And the rest and digest mode is powerful because you can digest what's going on in your head. You can digest whatever's in your stomach more effectively. And you can recognize the bigger picture instead of the hyper focus on, oh, I didn't get that. I don't get that. That stinks. My life's hard. We can start to see all the things that make our lives wonderful. So that's what I helped to share with her. And then as we were sitting down eating, maybe 10 minutes after that, she looked at me and she said, wow, this place is better than I thought. Now, did she think the place wasn't going to be good because it wasn't going to be good or because it wasn't what she wanted? I'll let you answer that question. I think it's actually fairly obvious. I knew I was taking her to a place that had the type of food that she likes. We'd never been there before. It wasn't where she wanted to go. And therefore, it wasn't going to be good. Until it was. With a little bit of a shift in focus. It's really amazing. Now, I also learned about something called the three powers. This was put together by a guy named Captain Coffee, who spent six years in a POW camp. And he talked about the three things he could control when he was in that situation. He later called those six years the best years of his life. How about that for wacky? But guys like Captain Coffee don't hang on to things like PTSD because they found out how to get complete mental and emotional freedom. And the way he found out was focus, meaning, and attempt. So we can control what we focus on, like my daughter could control on her what her focus was on last night, and she was focusing on the things that didn't bring her joy instead of the things that could have brought her joy. Once she shifted her focus, she had an amazing night. We had an amazing night, and there was nary a complaint. But the focus was an issue. We can also focus on, or we can also pay attention, and we need to pay attention to the meaning. Now, in this simple example, it's a simple little thing with an 11-year-old, and none of it means all that much. You know, where we ate, what we arcade we went to, or what games we played, or who we did it with, none of that matters that much in the big scheme of things. But it's a simple example because you can extrapolate it to the bigger things in life. If your focus of the things that you is on the things that you really want, 
the places that you want to go, the things that will make you a happier, more complete, and more, uh, what's the word, a better contributor to yourself, your family, and your society, all the things that you want, if that's where your focus is, then it's far easier to get there. I think we all know that. But how do we put our focus there? How do we not focus on all of the crap that's happened in life in 2020? How do we focus? How do we not focus on politics? How do we not focus on our estranged family members who have hurt our feelings so badly, our old friends that have come in and crashed our parties and made our lives miserable, the people who've stolen money from us, whatever it is. Sometimes it's something very, very severe, someone who's killed somebody or harmed somebody in a horrible way, abused them or whatever it is. And sometimes it's little and sometimes it's big. But regardless of what it is, if our focus is there, it is very, very difficult to get to where we want to be. And therefore, we need to shift our focus to what we want and what we can get and can have, as opposed to the things that we don't want and don't have, or the things in our past that weigh us down. But how do we shift the focus? This is something that was really powerful to me, and that is that we have to establish the meaning. Why? Why do you want to have those things? Whatever those things are, ask yourself the question, what's your biggest goal in life right now? If you have one, if you don't have one, Ask yourself the question so you can figure out what that is. Maybe it's a few goals, but ask yourself not what the goals are, but why. Why do you want to achieve those goals? And beyond why you want to achieve those goals, not how you will achieve them, but what your life will look like once you've achieved them. Visualize or, and I recommend both, also visualize what your life will be if you don't achieve them. Give yourself that little comparison because it can add more meaning. And when you add more meaning, you can add more focus. But the biggest question is why? Why do you want that thing? Why do you want that amount of money? Why do you want to retire? Why do you want to change careers? Why do you want to find a relationship? Why do you want to be a better father or a better mother or whatever it is? Why do you want it? And when you've asked yourself why, write those things down. This is why. And then visualize what it looks like when you achieve it. And then ask harder questions, deeper questions. Don't stay on the surface. When you start to go deeper and ask those questions in a deeper, more profound way to yourself, Like, I want to be a better father so my daughter is happy. Well, what does that mean? For one thing, you can't make your daughter happy. I think we all know that. So then how can being a better father help her be happy? Ask that question. And then what does being a better father even mean? Dial it in. Figure out exactly what it is that you want. And then find the meaning behind it. And then is when you should attempt to do that thing or get that thing or be that thing, whatever it is. Thomas Edison was asked after he uh, finally figured out the light bulb, 
How did you keep going after all of those failures? Because he told them that he failed 10,000 times. And he says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Now, people have pointed out to me that he then uh, stole some information from Tesla and that, you know, whatever. But regardless, he found what worked. But 10,000 times, and he kept going and kept going and kept going because all he proved is what wouldn't work on his way to proving what would work. And we can learn from that because the attempt doesn't have to have the result at the end that we hope for or even the result that we expect to achieve. In fact, sometimes the result is very counter to what we originally set out to get. Oftentimes, I would say. And that's okay because if we don't make the attempt, we have no shot at getting what we want. And with each attempt, we have the opportunity to learn and grow from that attempt. And growth is a major internal factor. It's a need that we all have to grow and to consistently be trying and making and doing new things, making new attempts. So remember, the three powers that we have are focus, the meaning and the purpose behind that focus, and then the attempt. Not the achievement, the attempt, because sometimes it takes more than one. Sometimes it takes many. Sometimes it takes 10,000. Okay, I'm going to cut to one more quick break. When I come back, I'll share with you about five other things I learned this year. If you have questions about anything you've heard on Vitality Radio, if you want to know more about NAAP, one thing you can do is go to my episode 39. I believe it was recorded back in June. But uh, if you look it up, it's uh, Breaking Harmful Brain Patterns with Lamont Wilcox. I talk about NAAP at length there. And then if you're interested in applying that to your life, like I have to mine, and learning some of these amazing things like the three powers, uh, give us a call and we'll help you figure it out. 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful. And if you're nowhere near Bountiful, that's okay. That phone number works from anywhere across the world. 801-292-6662. I'll be back in just a minute to share with you about five more things that I learned in 2020. And I think these are really valuable. I think you'll enjoy it. When I come back, my name is Jared St. Clair. This is Vitality Radio. Insurgent Sports Nutrition is a brand new sports supplement company with a unique philosophy, refuse to conform. In the sports nutrition industry, one company starts something and has some success and everyone else tends to follow their lead. What you end up with is a bunch of Me Too products that don't add up to anything special. What you typically see on the market are formulas with all kinds of ingredients that look good on the label, but do very little to advance your training and performance. At Insurgents, our motto is, everything you need, nothing you don't. While many brands put the right ingredients in a product, most don't put the right dose. There are clinical trials for a reason, to prove not only if an ingredient works, but also how much of that ingredient it takes to provide the desired effect. At Insurgents, we won't add an ingredient to a formula unless we can add the clinically effective dose. Our first formula is our Insurgents pre-workout. Pre-workouts nowadays are a dime a dozen. They even sell them at the big box stores. The vast majority of pre-workouts on the market are overdosed on caffeine and other stimulants and underdosed on the stuff that actually increases your performance. 
Insurgent's pre-workout has all of the most critical ingredients to improve endurance, strength, energy, and without the crash that comes with a mega dose of stimulants. Insurgent's pre-workout comes with or without caffeine and has no additional stimulants. If you want a truly effective, hype-free pre-workout that tastes great, is free of artificial colors, and absolutely does the job, refuse to conform and join the insurgents. For more information about Insurgents Pre-Workout, call Vitality Nutrition, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, welcome back to Vitality Radio. I am your host each and every week. My name is Jared St. Clair, and Vitality Radio is a podcast now. If you're listening on the podcast app, thank you for finding it. If you happen to be listening on the Apple podcast app, Please leave me a five-star review if you love the show anyway, and uh, tell us why. Uh, written reviews, five stars, make a big, big difference in other people finding this show, uh, Apple recommending it, and so on. Also, please feel free to share this show with anybody you'd like across your social media platforms, in text messages or emails. I appreciate any exposure that you're willing to give me. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody about Vitality Radio and the Vitality Radio podcast. Okay, so we've got about 15 minutes left, and i got to get through some things uh, having to do with things I learned in 2020. If you have questions about anything I talk about, because I am going to have to go a little quicker now, you can call us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Okay, so I learned in 2020 that aloe vera as a mouthwash is awesome. Now, I talk about a lot of stuff on the radio. And a lot of the stuff I talk about is stuff I have yet to try and other things I've tried and had really great success with, but I always go based on research or at least enough anecdotal evidence that it's something that we shouldn't ignore. And when I was given a, doing a show about aloe vera, uh, maybe close to a year ago now, I don't know, it's been a while, I learned in the research I did that aloe vera as a mouthwash is really, really great. And it made perfect sense, but I never thought of it before. Now, in the case of aloe, I don't mouthwash and uh, rinse and spit. I rinse and swallow. And what I've done, uh, it's, I barely started doing this, actually. And this, this is why I love going back through my own shows sometimes and remembering the stuff that I've talked about because I don't get a chance to implement all of it. But uh, aloe life uh, makes a, an orange papaya and a cherry berry uh, aloe vera juice concentrate. And I have the orange papaya. I'm looking at it right now, holding it actually. You hear that? And it is, I, I love it. I've loved it for years for all kinds of things, but I'd never used it as a mouth rinse. Now I have, and I've experienced it. And it makes sense because you put it on sunburns and it heals your skin. You put it internally and it can heal things that are going on in the gut. Why not in the mouth with all that soft tissue up there, the gums and uh, that gum line that tends to go back on us and recede and uh, the tongue and, and everything else, of course, all can use that healing touch too. So as I've been swishing with aloe vera, what I've found is that my mouth feels unbelievably clean afterwards and really, really good. The uh, In fact, I think I'll do it every time. I did it right before I got on the air and I love how my mouth feels more hydrating, hydrated. Wow. Now I can't even talk. It feels just clean and 
my teeth feel slick. You know what I'm talking about. Like you get when you get back from the dental cleaning, that kind of thing. I love it. And I have struggled with some gum stuff over the years. And I think this may actually be helpful for that as well. So I highly recommend giving it a shot. I have loved it very, very much for healing up the gums and the teeth and even uh, helping to keep uh, yeast uh, at bay, uh, people that have thrush, that kind of thing. Aloe is one powerful anti-inflammatory. And the beauty of it is you get to use it a couple different ways when you do it this way because you get it, the benefits in the mouth. And then when you swallow it down, you get the benefits in the gut as well. I also learned more about vitamin C that I didn't already know. I did a whole show on vitamin C earlier this year. And one thing that I talked about, and because of very short time, I won't go into great detail on this one thing, but uh, Dr. Jonas Salk, you remember who he is, the guy that uh, developed the original polio vaccine. He fought hard for 20 years, actually for almost 40 years, for someone to listen to him about the live virus vaccine that one of his competitors was using in the 60s. And he said since 1961 that, uh, in fact, this is, I'll read you his words. We have known now since 1961 in the United States and prior to that in other countries that the live virus vaccine for polio does cause the polio disease itself. Now, this is a guy who was 100% in favor of vaccines. He developed one, but he believed that that particular virus was dangerous. And what I respect about Jonas Salk in what he said is that he was willing to open up the possibility that not all vaccines are safe and effective and that they could potentially cause damage. And unfortunately, we tend to take now in this country that we, we tend to take the stance that all vaccines are safe and effective. And many people are feeling that same way about the COVID vaccine because that's what they've been taught. And you have been taught that and I have been taught that. But we can go back to what Dr. Salk said because what happened in 1996, a year after he died, is the FDA finally changed it to where they didn't use the live virus anymore by 2000 or by the year 2000 because they did recognize that it was actually causing polio in some children. Well, he was 40 years ahead of his time, or they were 40 years behind theirs. The truth of the matter is, as with most things in medicine, the wheels of government organizations that dictate medicine in this country move incredibly slowly. It only took them 39 years to listen to Dr. Salk about the live virus polio vaccine. So we have to recognize that uh, there are experts that are saying things about this vaccine, the COVID vaccine, just like there were back in the 60s with Dr. Salk, people who are respected pro-vaccine doctors saying, whoa, wait a minute, let's look into this and look at different options. And yet we are not doing that in this country when it comes to COVID. Well, the reason I brought him up is because the polio vaccine is an interesting thing. It is said to have eradicated polio in this country. We have uh, doctors now saying that the only kind of polio in America now is vaccine strain polio, not the natural wild uh, strain. And so maybe the vaccine did some really great work and maybe the side effects have created uh, problems in a small percentage of the people, but maybe there was an alternative. And there was. Back in 1935, a doctor named Dr. Claus Washington Jungblut, Jungblut, 
I'm going to say Jungblatt. I think that's pretty close. Cool that his name's Dr. Claus, uh, where we're a week before Christmas. But regardless, he said from his studies in vitamin C on monkeys, that vitamin C could cure polio. And he was doing it with only 400 milligrams and having fantastic results. And yet people weren't listening to him too much, but he even got written up in Time Magazine in 1939 saying that vitamin C is the ultimate antiviral, including for polio. But then another guy, another competitor of his and a competitor of Dr. Salk's as well, uh, he said that uh, no, vitamin C doesn't work because he ran a study on monkeys and he proved that it didn't work. And that's the study that stuck. Imagine that. It stuck because, I believe, there were people who really wanted that to stick because vitamin C is not patentable and nobody can make a bunch of money on it. And so uh, we just kind of forgot. But uh, this other doc, he said that the vac- that he was the guy that developed the live vaccine that Dr. Falk fought against, or Dr. Salk, sorry, fought against. And so there was this big thing between these three doctors, one saying vitamin C, one saying no, a dead virus vaccine, one saying no, a live virus vaccine, and the dead virus vaccine and the live virus vaccine both got patented and both went into use and vitamin C got swept under the rug. But in 1948 and 49, there was a doctor, Dr. Klinner, who used vitamin C in mega doses, 20 to 40,000 milligrams a day in a combination of oral and injectable vitamin C and was curing polio regularly, regularly. Those reports were made. The studies were done. There's evidence. There was evidence all the way back in 1935 that it cured monkeys from it and could prevent polio. The study that stuck, that got us off of vitamin C, was done by a guy who later earned untold amounts of money from his live virus vaccine by shutting down the possibility that there was a natural alternative because he used less than a third of the amount of vitamin C that Dr. Jungblatt used in his study. So he said, I'm going to confirm the study results or try to confirm the study results that were done that prove vitamin C kills polio. And he used a third as much vitamin C and he used way more polio virus. But in every other study that's been documented on vitamin C from back, back, back in the day, vitamin C worked. It worked incredibly well. It worked six times better than the placebo. It was extremely effective and it still is effective. Dr. Klinner in the 40s was using it with great success. In fact, there are three researchers. Dr. Robert Cathcart stated, the global effort, and this is back in the day, in the 60s, I think he said this, is not to cure polio, which has already been done. The effort is to keep this cure, vitamin C, a secret. Dr. Klinner said, when proper doses of vitamin C are taken, it will destroy all virus organisms. And Dr. Levy said, vaccinations for these horrible infectious diseases are totally unnecessary when one has the access to proper treatment with vitamin C. So there are experts saying things that these other experts just simply ignore. But why not try vitamin C? Well, in China and Korea, they were trying vitamin C for specifically COVID-19 and having great results. But those have been squashed as well. You can't find them on Google anymore. 
at all. Those articles I read in February and March, gone. They've been scrubbed, censored. Because why would anyone want something cheap, side effect free, and effective to be the cure? Well, I would say most people would love to have that, but not the people who stand to make billions of dollars by suppressing it. So I learned vitamin C is way better for viruses than I ever thought it was before. I also learned that vitamin D3 is the single biggest thing that they can point to that is deficient in people who show COVID symptoms versus people who are asymptomatic. That just having enough vitamin D seems to keep you from the symptoms of COVID-19 and therefore also give you a much higher chance of surviving it. Not that your chance isn't already great because it's 99.74% survivable, but vitamin D is a major factor here in Utah this time of year, hard to get enough. So I do recommend supplementing it in the winter at about 5,000 units a day, but I do also recommend getting it from the sun the rest of the year because I think that's the best way to do it. We also learned about fluoride coming from JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. The key points from the study that they released were the question, is maternal fluoride exposure during pregnancy associated with childhood IQ when Canadian uh, mothers are receiving what is considered optimally fluoridated water? The findings that they had were that in this prospective birth cohort study, fluoride exposure during pregnancy was associated with lower IQ scores in children aged three and four years old, meaning Fluoride exposure during pregnancy may be associated with adverse effects on child intellectual development, indicating the possible need to reduce fluoride intake during pregnancy. Now, how do we do that? We're bathing in it. We're drinking it. It's in our water. I've been for years saying that is a horrible mistake. We don't put medicine in water. We don't, even if it's vitamin D. I believe in vitamin D. Vitamin D is amazing. It could be in the water supply and it would probably make us a healthier nation. But I don't want any medicine forced on me or my children. Whether it's fluoride or vitamin C or vitamin D or a vaccination for COVID-19, it doesn't matter. None of it should be mandated, but they've mandated fluoride, essentially. It's hard to get away from. I drink well water for this very reason. And I highly suggest that you figure that out as well. But especially now, we know, according to the Journal of the American Medical Association, that fluoride during pregnancy can potentially make your child dumber. I don't know how else to put it. A lower IQ. That's probably a better way to put it. We have to recognize that we are not God, but we keep trying to play God on this earth. When it comes to medicine, we're doing it with this experimental vaccine. We've done it with fluoride. We've done it with so many other things. And most of those things over time eventually have been proven that, oops, maybe we acted too fast. So I didn't learn that in 2020. I've been seeing that for years. But the fluoride thing was interesting because now we actually have a major medical association saying, oh, maybe pregnant women shouldn't be having fluoride. But what about? Babies? What about nursing mothers? What about the rest of us? It's a good question, right? I have to run. I have more things to share with you, and I'll share them next week. 
I hope you have an absolutely phenomenal Merry Christmas. I know I will. And if you have questions about anything you've heard, call me 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Merry Christmas. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. been listening to the vitality radio podcast enjoy your week in the meantime jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it vitality radio is researched and written by jared st Clair, produced by elizabeth joy windham with very limited help from jared our awesome music is by brian bob young Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.